Welcome to Crosspoint Conversations, a podcast where we discuss cultural and theological questions from a biblical worldview. Each week we take your questions and discuss what the Word of God has to say about them. You can submit questions to podcasts at crosspointpgh.org. The views discussed in this podcast may not always represent the views of Crosspoint Church. All right, well, welcome to another edition of Crosspoint Conversations, and today we're going to be tackling a great question uh, from one of our church members, talking about really the impact and the, the role or, or the power that Satan may or may not have in the life of a believer. But uh, before we get to that, uh, my name's Andrew, and I'm here joined uh, today by Pastor Mike. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Um, not liking summer all that much, but... Short of that, I'm thankful to the Lord giving us another day. Amen. And we're also joined by Seth. How are you, Seth? I'm doing pretty well. The summer has been good. Been working on a ton of music and playing a lot of spike ball. All, All right. right. Very good. Well, we are in the beginnings of the dog days of summer here in Pittsburgh, and it's great to to be with you. Uh, we're going to uh, read the question here. It comes from, again, one of our uh, church members, and uh, they write this. John 13, 27 says that Satan entered Judas after receiving the bread, which is also found in Luke 22, 3. Can you compare this to Jesus's rebuke of Peter in Matthew 16, 23, where he tells Peter, get behind me, Satan. And so we're going to kind of break this into two different sections. And um, Pastor Mike, why don't you uh, talk a little bit about Satan entering Judas after receiving the bread, and, um, and, and talk a little bit about what that might have meant and what that looked like. Yeah, it's always good for Christians to study uh, what would be called demonology, uh, not because we're necessarily supposed to be consumed with the topic, but it's a reality. And so it would be very, very wise for, for people to at least understand biblically um, how demons came about and, and so on. But not going there. I just want to remind everybody that there's nowhere in the New Testament that teaches that Christians are possessed, can be possessed. Any warnings about being possessed? There's certainly attacks and influences and harm that de- Satan and his demons want to do to us, but they can't enter us because we have the Holy Spirit with us, inside of us, and God doesn't share his domain with Satan. So we are God's, we are not Satan's or the demons. So I want to comfort Christians in knowing you cannot be demon-possessed, but you sure can be influenced, especially if your life is not following the light of Christ, but is following the darkness of this world. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse, verses 15 and 16, it says, What accord has Christ with Belial, which is another name for, for Satan? Or, or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. So there's no room for Satan inside of us. And so we come to this whole issue of, of Satan entering Judas, who was with Jesus for three and a half years. He was with the guys who declared Christ to be the Christ. He's, he went with two by twos of the apostles going out and, and um, casting out demons and doing miracles. But now... Satan enters him. It's an amazing thought. In John chapter 13, verse 2, we're told that, I'll just read it real quick. This is the Last Supper. 
And during supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus that is. So there was a moment in time on the same night that Satan's going to enter him that sometime before Satan had somehow influenced Simon's heart, meaning what he thinks he should be doing, and prepared him to betray Jesus. So we'd have to think that somehow Judas was open to demonic influence in the end. And so when I think about that, I think about the fact that the devil entering into Judas was all because Judas was already away from Christ in his heart and in his mind and was very, very open to being influenced by Satan and then inhabited by Satan. Now, we know that Judas was declared to be a thief, and so he's already following the desires of the world and the wickedness of his own sin nature. So it could be that this was all building up over time. But in reality, Satan entered into him because he wasn't a child of God. And it was the plan of God for Jesus to be betrayed so he would be uh, before uh, the religious leaders and condemned to die on a cross. And so the devil entering into Judas means he's not a child of God, he's not saved, he's already worldly and disobedient, and he's following the passion of his heart, which is money. So he's not resisting Satan's overtures or his attacks. And so we are told as Christians to flee him. We're told to put on the armor of God because Satan loves to fire these darts at us. And so we have the grace of God, which is far more powerful than the tools or deceptions of Satan. And so entering into Judas is the actual possession or dwelling of a demon or Satan himself inside of a human being for his control. And that's what happened to to Mr. Judas, who then betrayed Jesus Christ. And, and, I, and I think about what you had said at the beginning and the, and the comfort that there is in knowing that that, that can't happen to a child of God, that, that we are owned, we are possessed um, by our Savior. And, and it brought to mind Isaiah 43, verse 1, um, where it says that the, the Lord says, He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you, I have called you by name, you are mine. Amen. And nothing can pluck us out of his hand. And So there can be a lot of fear of Satan among some Christians or his demons, and I understand that. But greater is he who's within you than he who's in the world, and we ought to just bank on the supremacy of God over all things, including Satan and his demons. That's a good word. Good Amen. word. So, so let's uh, let's let's take this second part then, where um, as we read in Matthew sixteen verse twenty three, he tells Peter, "Get behind me, Satan." Mm-hmm. And um, Seth, what do you what, what do you think about Jesus's words there? How is that different, maybe, than what Pastor mm-hmm. Mike has just talked about? And um, what do you think Jesus meant when he told Peter those things? Yeah, well, Pastor Mike mentioned that demons or Satan cannot possess someone who belongs to Christ, but he can influence them or tempt them to sin. Uh, and so I think we have an instance of that in this example in Matthew 16 with Peter. Um, there are two sections to this passage which are pretty important to it. And in the first section, um, Jesus um, basically calls Peter a believer. Um, 
he's talking to his disciples, and he asks his disciples, who, who do you say that I am? And Peter jumps up and replies, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Um, and so this is a true confession of Peter. Um, so what happens in, in the following scene here? Jesus is with his disciples, uh, and he's explaining to the chief priests and scribes uh, that he would die and on the third day be raised. And we see Peter jump up again, and he says, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. And then Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. So in one instance, we see Jesus saying, blessed are you, Simon Peter, uh, for God has revealed this to you. And then in the very next instance, he says, get behind me, Satan. So how do we kind of take this passage? Uh, Well, I think simply, um, Jesus is not actually calling Peter Satan. Uh, But as Pastor Mike mentioned, Satan is influencing Peter here uh, to tempt Jesus. Now, I'm reminded of Jesus' temptations in the wilderness by the enemy. Uh, What was the enemy's goal? To keep Christ from accomplishing uh, that which he was purposed for, the the promise in the garden that the uh, seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. So he was going to do everything in his power uh, to make sure that didn't happen. Um, And so this is is Satan influencing Peter to tempt Christ uh, to avoid the cross. Uh, Later in the Garden of Gethsemane, we we know that the the cross is not something Jesus is looking forward to. Uh, He says, Lord, if if there's any way, let this cup pass from me. Uh, And so this this was likely a very real temptation from Satan to Christ. He says, you are a hindrance to me. Get behind me, Satan. Um, And the question I had is, Is did Peter knowingly tempt Christ? Well, I think it's safe to say no. Uh, I think that he was innocently saying that this, this will never happen to you, Lord. Uh, we love you. We don't want you to die and be raised. Um, but Satan was influencing him as such. And so uh, Christ is not calling Peter Satan, um, but he is addressing Satan as Satan, saying, get behind me. You're using Peter to tempt me right now. Uh, and then he addresses Peter again, for you are setting your mind not on the things of God, but on the things of man. Um, and I think that that's a reminder for all of us here, because what, what's Peter doing? He's, uh, he should have known from the scriptures that, that the Messiah would have, would have died and risen again on the third day. So if he was setting his mind on the things of God, uh, he, he might not have been so quick to say, far be it from you, Lord, that this should happen. Um, so I think that's, that's a simple way to look at this text. He's not actually uh, addressing Peter as Satan, but he's addressing Satan, uh, and Satan is, is influencing Peter uh, for his purposes. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that Peter is just simply an ignorant man at that point. He was speaking out of his heart, I don't want you to die, how dare you say that to everybody? And, and Jesus lays into him, because those are the thoughts of Satan. Keep me from going to the cross, huh, Peter? It's not going to happen, so get behind me. My focus is on the cross. Mm-hmm. And so Peter was deceived, which is what Satan loves to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely a strong statement. Um, definitely uh, a way of Jesus rebuking him, saying, 
Yeah, I'm focused on the cross and Amen. and all of those things that you guys really want to prevent. You want to keep this thing rolling along for the rest of your lives. It's a it's a good thing being a disciple of the Son of God, and um, you want to keep this rolling. And yet, the 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 purpose for which I came is in front of me. Well, that's well said. And 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 the other thing, you know, if I was there and. I believed that he was the Messiah, and he wasn't denying it. Then I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah. I want the Messiah to be here. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. want you to die. Come on. And but that's not God's plan. So. Right, right. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is uh, really kind of three bottom line things for Christians to take away from this. Uh, number one, you cannot be possessed. It is impossible for a child of God to be possessed by, by Satan or by a demon. Uh, number two, uh, you can, however, be attacked. And uh, the goal of that um, would be deception, sin, um, really a, a, a lack of bearing fruit in the life of a Christian. Um, and number three, um, that we are to use the Word of God like Jesus did. When, when he was tempted, mm-hmm. he used the Word to rebuke Satan. And, um, and, and so I don't know if you guys have any thoughts that you want to add to that, but I, I think those are kind of three bottom line things that we can take away from this. Yeah, and also... Uh, to go along with the fact that that believers can be influenced or tempted by the enemy, uh, take take the word of Christ to Peter here. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but the things of man. When we fall into temptation, willingly, our mind is is completely uh, on on the things of man, on the things of this earth, the things that we want. But if we continually set our mind on the things of God, um, temptation will uh, will not be so close to us. Yeah, and uh, Romans fourteen twenty three says, um, anything that's not done from faith is sin. Mm-hmm. So to not believe God is bigger than Satan and his demons running around trying to mess with us is a lack of faith and, and therefore sin. And I've fallen into it myself sometimes, and I'm sure everybody can admit that. The point is God is much, much bigger than Satan. And don't deny God's power to help you in moments of attack or deception or whatever you uh, sense might be a demonic. Amen. I'll just leave you as we close with a scripture verse, a word of encouragement out of Philippians chapter four, verse eight says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think on these things. And later he says, practice these things in the peace of God will be with you. So we have no need to fear for God is on our side. And so this will wrap up another episode of Crosspoint Conversations. Listen, we've got some great questions that have been coming in that we look forward to answering in the coming weeks. If you have a question, make sure you email uh, podcast at crosspointpgh.org. And get those questions in, and we look forward to hearing from you and look forward to answering some more of these great questions in the weeks to come. God bless you all. Have a great day.